Hi, this is Sandhya Mendonca and you're listening to my podcast Spotlight with Sandhya. Writers, scientists, artists, business leaders, politicians, you will find them and many other engaging people right here talking about what they do and how it impacts the world. Elections to the Karnataka Legislative Assembly are around the corner and adding to the heat of summer in my hometown. There's a buzz of political activity and I have caught the election fever too. Old habits die hard, I suppose, and I'm feeling nostalgic about my days as a reporter. Today's guest on the podcast is Bridgesh Kalapa. He was a national spokesperson for the Congress party and is now contesting the elections from the Chickpet constituency on a ticket from the Aam Aadmi party. That's quite a turnaround for you, Bridgesh Kalapa. But before you answer that, tell me about your days in the Congress. How long were you in that party? Sandhya, uh, I have spent uh, 25 years in the Congress party and uh, 10 of those 25 years I was the national spokesperson of the Congress party and uh, it's been a long uh, ride in the Congress party. You know you held several high posts also and I you were also legal advisor when the Congress was in power in Karnataka. You had the rank of a minister of state and you represented the state in the kaveri krishna madai river water disputes before the tribunals and the supreme court and yet the congress party didn't reward you with a ticket to become a legislator or an mp do you feel bitter about it no actually i think if you understand the reality of it there's no question of feeling bitter because the congress party like every other political party assesses how deep your pockets are and uh, it has uh, not been uh, my life ambition to earn money in politics because uh, whatever money i earn in my profession is fairly good enough for me and uh, i don't want to sully uh, my own reputation and uh, my own uh, you know my own uh, as, you know a commitment to doing uh, something seriously for the public by uh, indulging in bribery and corruption so therefore naturally i don't have the kind of deep pockets which are necessary to contest elections so for instance in chickpet where uh, i will be contesting the uh, going rate by the, by the standard of the three uh, candidates likely to contest is they are all spending over 100 crore each and what am i spending i'm spending 25 lakh and uh, the point is that people are sensing that look here comes some change and the same kind of change happened in uh, delhi and it's also happened in punjab so hopefully at some point if not this election maybe the next time around we will see change with certainty in karnataka also okay. so you know i'm holding this pamphlet uh, in my hand where you describe yourself as a advocate in the supreme court of india and now a social change maker what is the change that you're trying to bring about the first thing is that uh, the kind of change we require in uh, in society involves us saying that look we don't want to involve ourselves in bribery and corruption now the citizenry has become a part of the whole cycle it's time for us to say enough no more bribery no more corruption and uh, if we are to truly become a developed nation right and developed countries i'm not saying are completely bereft of corruption there may be corruption at some level but it's not all encompassing as we are today if one goes to get a khata you pay money if one goes to get a death certificate you pay money 
If one goes to get a motor vehicle license, you pay money. If one goes to any government office, you are rest assured there is some extra fee attached to it, right? So this is what is driving the citizenry up the wall. And they have been saying that, look, we are paying our taxes. We are paying every conceivable tax, GST, um, direct tax, indirect tax. If you buy a matchbox, you pay taxes. And over and above that, you pick money, money for you to, to ease your uh, you know comforts. So really, you see the look. Just look at the large number of people who are leaving the shores of the country and going away. It's a matter of great concern that when you're not happy in your own country, right? For what reason are you not happy? You're not happy because the basic requirements are not available to you, and they're available only at a price. So this is what is painful. If a person has a plot of land, right, and he wants to uh, have a nice hotel on it, it's adjoining his house. If he has to go and get that land you know, converted, he has to pay a huge amount of bribe. So, I mean, the point is that it's so dissatisfying that you're doing something on your own property. You're paying your taxes. Where does this, do these additional charges come from? And this is what is resented by the public at large. And that's the reason many of the public have actually started taking money from candidates. If one is assured that, look, we are not going to, uh, you're not going to have any additional charges apart from what you are already set out to do. I think it makes a citizenry feel so much more comfortable and so much more uh, involved in the system. And they'd like to genuinely give back to the system, which doesn't try to fleece them. So, corruption, as we know, has become institutionalized. And you're saying that, uh, on the one hand, even loyalty to the party did not work out because you, ha you were supposed to pay for a ticket to contest. And you're saying the voters feel no shame in taking money to be asked to cast their vote. So, do you think you really, I mean, the, your intentions are very good, but do you think you're really going to be able to break this? No, we've broken it in Punjab and in uh, Delhi. In Delhi, when an ordinary mobile shop worker defeats the chief minister of Punjab, Mr. Channi, in a direct election, it's saying a lot, Sandhya. That change is happening. And people are seeing that, uh, you know, very ordinary people are able to become MLAs. Not somebody's son, not some millionaire's, uh, you know, scion. This is not the kind of profile that the Ahmadmi Party has. Of course, we do have a lot of educated people, but a lot of our cadre are uh, extremely poor and, you know, come from extremely humble backgrounds. So, therefore, there is a change happening. And, uh, you know, I was uh, always conscious of this change. And uh, at the very beginning, I've been very critical of the Ahmadmi Party while well, I was in the Congress Party. Right, but you I, called it the B team of the BJP. Yes, you yes. also said that. Yes, yes, yes. No, I don't, I'm, I'm not shying away from what I said, what I did and all that. I've genuinely had a rethink. And, uh, to, you know, I've seen that when when Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal, when he says, uh, even after eight years in power, that I'm Qatar Imandar, it really, you know, electrifies me. This kind of cynicism about clean politics and so on and so forth, it's, it's actually, you know, just cynicism. So there is something genuinely happening on the ground. The people of Delhi have seen it. They voted the same political party three times over. 
So if they were hypocrites, they could have rejected them. Okay, but there has been some controversies that the AAP government in Delhi has become mired in. Do you think it's going to affect your chances here? No, in fact, it's on the contrary. Mm-hmm. Because um, when Mr. Satyendra Jain was being arrested, and this was prior to the Punjab elections, the people of Punjab gave a huge mandate to the AAP, right? And naturally, the BJP was very angry and then arrested Satyendra Jain. Just prior to the MCD elections, it was clear that Manish Sisodia was going to be arrested, right? And they kept stalling the arrest, hoping that the Amadmi party, which had, despite having trounced the uh, Bharatiya Janata Party in a straight contest in MCD, which the Congress party had not been able to do. You must remember that the BJP is very, very, very well entrenched in the MCD because, uh, you know, the uh, those people after partition came and settled down in Delhi. So they were very angry with, you know, the Muslims and the, uh, the partition, right. the whole process. So therefore, you will find that the BJP had very deep roots mm-hmm. in Delhi. But the Aam Party defeated them in the MCD. And... After that, the BJP kept hoping that, look, they might just hand it over to us because they we have scared them into submission. But when the Amadmi party won the mayoral election, it was then that they swooped down and picked up Manish Sisodia. So on the contrary, it's actually working to our favor because you'll understand that here in Karnataka, when a Madal Virupakshapa is caught, he's found with 8 crore cash. There's not one rupee of recovery from either Satyendra Jain or from Manish Sisodia till so far. So they're trumped up charges? No, no, I'm saying, but the moment these people are involved, then the entire gamut, the CBI, the Enforcement Directorate, the Income Tax Department, everybody comes in. But when a Madal Virupakshapa caught red-handed with 8 crore, he is given bail instantaneously, and a person like Janardhan Reddy, right under the nose of demonetization, he spends 500 crore rupees for the wedding of his daughter. Not, there's not even a CBI, you know, just an investigation on him. Nothing. There's not even an income tax, uh, just an inquiry. Nothing. Similarly, when um, uh, Santosh Patel, a VHP worker, he names uh, Ishwarappa and he commits suicide. No CBI, no ET, ED, no IT, nothing. When another contractor names Arvind Libavli and says that he was responsible for my death, no CBI, no ED, no IT. So CBI, ED and IT are reserved for opposition parties. And you've seen how Rahul Gandhi is now being treated. So what do you have to say about the courts getting into it? One, I don't say it's uh, condonable. The organs of the uh, government, like the CBI and all the other investigative investigative agencies are anyway, we all know that they are controlled by the government. What about the courts that are refusing bail or giving bail as per their own wishes, not going by the merits of the case? What do you have to say, especially since you are a lawyer? See, there are uh, uh, certain states which are the Wild West still. Because I've been in the Supreme Court, as you know. Mm -hmm. I've spent 20 years in the Supreme Court. And we know that there are certain states in India which are really the Wild West. And you'll find that uh, in the case of Tenny, the legislator who raped a girl, then killed her father, killed her mother, killed a lawyer, right? And is still at large. He's enjoying life while that girl is now dead, right? There is another uh, ex-union minister by the name of Chinmayanan. He actually molested a girl, caught her to, uh, you know, 
massage him every day and so on and so forth. So when she complained, she in a few days had to succumb and just withdraw the complaint. Right. So there are certain states which are the wild west. And one of those states is Gujarat state. So you'll find an IPS officer of the caliber of Sanjeev Bhatt, who has been speaking continuously against the regime, suddenly picked up because 22 years ago, he had apparently put somebody in jail. That person has now resurfaced 22 years ago. And the prosecution finds all the material mysteriously. And instantly, in a matter of just a couple of days, he is in jail. There is yet another IAS officer by the name of Pradeep Sharma, right, who made an allegation that, you know, uh, Mr. Modi had a relationship with some lady and so on and so forth. And that lady actually belonged to Bangalore. Now, that IAS officer has been in jail now. Even the prosecution has forgotten why he is in jail, what the charges are and so on and so forth. So, there are certain states which are the Wild West, right? And the state in which Mr. Rahul Gandhi has been handed out a, a conviction is clearly the Wild West because one can't believe otherwise that, uh, you know, you're making a political speech and that political speech is held to be defamatory against a certain community and a political leader is put behind bars and, you know, loses his membership of the uh, parliament. It's uh, atrocious because the kind of speeches Mr. Modi has made calling, um, you know, Mrs. Gandhi a Jersey cow, calling her son a calf, uh, you know, these are all very fresh in our minds. So, there is a defamation law applicable only to members of one political party. That's a question which, you know, ring large or calling somebody a 50 crore girlfriend. Are these very nice things to say about people? So, this kind of thing has been going on. And ultimately, uh, you must understand, Sandhya, that there is an end to everything. So, how is it going to end? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a soothsayer or a prophet to tell you how it's going to end. But there is bound to be an end. What, uh, you know, uh, whenever there is injustice on the face of uh, what we see, clearly I think that injustice is, uh, you know, is bound to come to an end. Because there is a rule of law. There is, uh, you know, what we call uh, the divine spirit, the divine spark and so on and so forth. I'm not, although I'm not a believer, I'm saying all this. That, you know, there is an end to uh, all kinds of injustice and all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, these kind of excesses. So you do still feel a spark of sympathy for Rahul Gandhi, though you left his party? No, no, I have never said anything against Rahul Gandhi or Mrs. Gandhi. Hmm. In fact, one of the reasons that I uh, accepted the philosophy of the Amarmi party was because Kejriwal himself has never said anything against Mrs. Gandhi or Rahul Gandhi. He has already always spoken about them in the most respectful uh, tenor. And uh, as far as Mrs. Gandhi is concerned, personally, I've seen her at very close quarters. She's a highly dignified, very uh, sensible and, uh, you know, very decent woman. So why? what is there to dislike about uh, Mrs. Gandhi? Of course, there are certain people in Karnataka state uh, whom I've uh, had some reservations about. But I don't think as far as Mrs. Gandhi or Rahul Gandhi are concerned. I'm not in a position to say that they're bad people. All right. Now, this is a question that I'm sure um, you asked yourself, you know. You were a familiar face representing the Congress Party on national TV channels. And now you're going around asking votes from the UP platform. Does it confuse the voters or is it an advantage to be so closely associated and be famous in a way? No, Sandhya, see, uh, if you ask me, I think... Um, 
Uh, I, you say that I'm not famous. <laughs> you are famous, but <laughs> so with, with with the Congress, <laughs> and you're so closely associated. I mean, you were the yeah. spokesperson. I think yeah. one saw you three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the talking heads, yeah. Yeah. and now you are out there, but you're representing another party. So yes, does it confuse the voters? So it's like this. I think a person's core is known to everybody. Because, uh, you know, I was sitting with this uh, middle-aged couple and uh, we were watching television. And, uh, you know, I was very impressed with uh, one spokesperson for a political party was saying. And uh, at that time, uh, the lady who was a teacher, she said, Isne to paisa hai, one thing I realized over the years is that public sab jaanti hai. Public knows everything about you. If I'm, if I've earned like two thousand crore, kept it under my master mattress, and today I'm coming and preaching high honesty, you know, public is going to reject me. The public knows everything about everybody. Who is, kaun kitne pani mein laga hai? Everybody knows that. So there's there's just no question of lying to anybody and coming up with you know fanciful stories and saying that look I've been an honest guy and all that despite having uh, you know earned money. So therefore. People already knew that Brijesh Kalapa is a straightforward chap. He's a truthful guy. One. And three, he's above none, nobody from the either BJP, Congress, or JDS could ever say that he's made money on for you know from political means. So therefore, my innards were very well known to everybody that you know what is this person all about. So therefore, I don't think and that fit really with the ARP ideology. If uh, in the, in fact the in fact the, I gave credit to the AAP for uh, not asking me how deep my pockets were, for uh, you know not uh, asking me who, who my father was, right? Which is very important in other political parties because otherwise, can you imagine a Yadurupa and his son getting all getting tickets, right? Or similarly in the Congress party, dozens of such instances. You know who are you, which leader are you close to, and for what reason is is there uh, some vested interest? with some leader, are you carrying bags for him, so on and so forth. So, as far as I'm concerned, I've been free of any even uh, gossip regarding that. So, therefore, I feel that as far as my personal reputation is concerned, I think it remains unsullied. So, undoubtedly, Bridges joining the AAP is a boost to the party in this state. I think it's been rather somnolent here. But what about uh, your chances? You're up against a very formidable candidate, the sitting BJP MLA, Uday Garudachar. No, I'm uh, up against, uh, there are three candidates. Okay. One is KGF Babu has promised to spend 350 crore mm -hmm. for one election. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, the other candidate is uh, possibly R.V. Devraj, who is a seasoned war horse. And the third candidate is Uday Garudachar. But in my forays to the constituency, I can assure you, that uh, Uday Garudachar seems to be on a weak wicket because uh, I think he has clearly made himself unavailable to most of the constituency in the last five years, or hardly an occasion when he has stepped into the constituency. As far as uh, Devraj is concerned, he has certain problems which he has not been able to overcome since he la lost the last time in 2018. Right, And as far as KGF Babu is concerned, he lost a election to the legislative council which was i think the easiest to win so he's uh, given to shooting himself in the foot right so i think as far as my chances are concerned uh, just an instance i will give you that 
uh, every Sunday, I usually go to the west gate of Lalbagh and uh, try to meet the voters there. So uh, the BJP immediately showed up. They brought their LEDs and then they were ready, you know. So that means that we are actually uh, giving a run for their money, right? And uh, I have a feeling somewhere that, uh, you know, people are looking for change. And they're looking for change very meaningfully, right? So I'm not sure if Chikpet will be one of those constituencies. But uh, AAP will definitely open its account in Karnataka. And as always, one uh, election they say, like, first election is to lose. Second election is to get somebody else to lose. And third election is for us to win. So I think this is the election when we are getting somebody or the other to lose. And the next election, that is 28, will definitely be in Vidhan Sadar. By my reading, and other political pundits have been talking to, you should get at least 30,000 of the 2 lakh votes from your constituency for the party to sustain. Do you think you'll be able to hack that? To be very frank, the uh, opposition, that is the BJP and the Congress and the others, are giving us about uh, twenty to 25,000 as it is. They're giving it away yeah. to you. Okay. They're, no, they're, they're saying so. Okay. This, is, this is what they're saying that, you know, Brijesh Kalapa will take about 25,000 votes. Okay. Right? So if you're saying that uh, our target is 30,000, hmm. they're already saying that, you look, uh, Brijesh Kalapa is likely to get about 25,000 votes. Okay. So if, if God favors us, right, and if the constituency, which is largely middle class, feels that maybe we require some change in the form of a decent candidate, right? Maybe some miracle can happen. All right. So I want to go back to uh, the time that I first met you. That was the time when I was on a sabbatical from journalism and you were in journalism. So why did you have this very brief flirtation with journalism and then you went to law? No, I like to do a lot of things, Sandhya. As you know, I'm a foodie and I like to watch films. And in fact, I got my wife to produce a film, Canada film. So I like to do a number of things because life is all about experiencing all kinds of things, right? And uh, I think it's very important that you have to have a first-hand grasp of everything. And you can't say that, look, I'm above this or I'm above that. Everybody, in, in my view, every, every human being has some extraordinary talent. Every human being, right? So therefore, I'm not, I'm saying that, look, if you're rich or if you're poor, doesn't matter. Everybody, maybe the poorest of people, has, is an extraordinary artist or has great culinary skills. So I'm really interested in experiencing everything possible, right? So therefore, uh, I was a journalist. I enjoyed my stint as a journalist. In fact, I, I still have a number of journalists as my very dear friends. So including you and, of course, Alan and so on and so forth. So uh, I think I, I really like to experience everything. I like to talk to people. I like to understand genuinely. I like to understand the issues. Uh, and uh, my greatest strength, according to me, is problem solving. So if there are problems somebody has, I, I try to grapple with it and I try to come with a solution, right? Whether in court, whether outside, whether in politics, whether in public policy, I like to grapple with problems. And the problem of congestion in uh, Chani, in uh, uh, Chikpet is something which is really tricky. And it was only when I went to Chandni Chowk, when, when I saw what the AAP government had done in Chandni Chowk, completely decongested, the most congested market ever, which is Chandni Chowk. I thought that, no, this could be replicated in 
Bengaluru. And this must be done in Chikpit. So that's when I talked to our leadership and said, please give me the Chikpit constituency. So we are going to make a phenomenal program where we are going to decongest the whole of Chikpit and, you know, make it, because ultimately you must understand, Sandhya, supposing there is a fire, right? How that fire will spread and it's summertime. So where do the fire engines, fire machines, you know, uh, where engines come? So I think it's very important to think of these basics. And one and two, to also ensure that business runs smoothly while all this is on. I think it's one of the most cramped places in Anglo uh, per square foot must be, yeah. I don't know, yeah. maybe shared by 10 people. No, absolutely. And why is, why is there no solution coming out? Because every politician thinks that this is a business venture for me. So I throw in a hundred crore and I collect a thousand crore. So this is why there is no solution so far. You've got to walk the hard talk, as they say. Oh, no, I'm willing to. I'm willing. You're willing to do that. I, 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 so far, like I, like you said, I have a long reputation, and my reputation has remained unsullied. So nobody can question me on my commitment on or on my integrity. So therefore, I'm. I have absolutely no nothing to fear, no baggage to carry. I'm absolutely. My heart is absolutely clean. You had a very successful legal practice, right? I mean, you were with Kapil Sibyl. Even earlier, you worked with Fali Nariman and other legal luminaries. And you had a really good life. It was giving you a good income. Why do you choose to give that up and get into the hurly-burly of politics? At some point in time, Sandhya, you realize that, look, how much worth does money have? What additional comfort does it bring to your life, Right. There is, there is a certain amount which is good enough for all of us, right? So, of course, you can earn 200 times that money, but you're not going to carry it with you. You're not in the, in the afterlife, you're not going to carry that money. So, that's done. Once you've earned that money, that's done. You're basically, what are you concerned about? You're concerned about your own comforts, basic comforts, and that of your children, right? Beyond that, how much money do you earn for what reason? Well, that's a question that I always ask about other politicians, but uh, it seems there's never any end to the amount of money that people want to be. No, this, is, this is something which uh, Palkiwala told me. Palkiwala told me this. And he said that I'd gone to interview him, just like you're doing to me now. <laughs> and uh, I asked him, uh, we were talking about money. And he said, Brijesh, you know, if you have not earned that money rightfully, that money will never stay with you. Hmm. And it's absolutely true. It's been true, true so many times that, uh, you know, I see instances because I'm, I'm a keen observer of life. And uh, I've, I've seen several instances, several cases where people, they try to earn money and then somehow they lose it. So you, you think it's a case of karma, though you said you're not a believer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a believer in God in the sense that I don't go to a church, temple or a, a you know, a masjid. But uh, there is a divine force, definitely. There is a, some divine force. All right. So I would say that, uh, you know, um, the, if the Chikpet initiative happens, decluttering happens, it would be a great thing for Bangalore and it could be a role model to decongest the rest of the city. So are you going to be committed to it, win or lose? Are you going to be doing this? No, like I told you, I, I think I made it a point that win or lose, I'm going to contest on the same constituency in 2020. Right. And if by, you know, we don't know what the ways of the Almighty are. If by chance I lose, 
right? This is my promise to the people of Chikpit that one day or another, which is maybe five years down the line, when people at large decide to vote for the Amadbi party, that definitely my problems, mother, my promises will be fulfilled. That sounds really good. And um, I wish you all the best. It would be really nice to see an educated professional committed to improving the society, make their mark and open the innings for up in this state. Um, thank you for being on this podcast, uh, Bridgesh. Thank you so much, Sandhya. Thank you. Always a pleasure to meet and interact with you. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya. Do subscribe to the podcast. I would love to hear from you. The links are in the bio. I'll be back soon with another interesting guest. Until then, take care.